Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Yesterday we we learned, and heck, we saw some pictures and video of the pavement, the asphalt, already starting to peel up on what I think we can all acknowledge is the brand new Loop 202 section through the southern part of the... Technically, it's not the valley. It's the other side of South Mountain, right? Uh, And that you would think that after only two months of being open to traffic that it wouldn't start peeling up already. Uh, yeah. You would think. Two years after being open to traffic, Dose I wouldn't expect years. it to be peeling up like this. Something's wrong. And um, we talked about it a bit yesterday, that the project was finished three years ahead of schedule. Yes. Was it shoddy work? Was it poor craftsmanship? Did they rush things along? I don't know. What I do know is ADOT says it's going to be fixed. And the thing is, it's not going to be fixed at our expense. The good news for taxpayers is it will not cost ADOT uh, anything at all to get this repaired. We have a contract that, that has uh, C202 Partners, our contractor, maintaining the freeway for the next 30 years. And so as part of that contract, uh, they will be making those repairs this spring. Okay, so it's on them, the contractor, to <laughs> make the, the repairs this spring. It's I'm happy cost for that. Us anything, except there is going to be, you know, traffic. Well, and, they have to close parts uh, All of that it, kind right? of stuff that you shouldn't have to be doing, you know, less than a year in into it being open. So what happened? Tom Herman with ADOT tried to explain a little bit of what they think happened because it's not abundantly clear the exact reason for you know it deteriorating. There are a few sections, uh, small areas along the, the West Valley portion of the South Mountain Freeway uh, where some of the pavement has, has started to uh, deteriorate and come up. Uh, we have uh, gone out and investigated it and discovered that uh, one of two reasons in all likelihood, one is it was either uh, applied a little a little too thin, it needs to be an inch thick uh, when we put it down, or it could have been applied when the, uh, the ground below it was a little too cold. We need a minimum temperature in the mid uh, for that to uh, to properly cure. I got a guy. You got a guy. Shout out to Kevin. You know a guy. Kevin. Okay, what's Kevin doing? Kevin is the asphalt guru for ADOT. <laughs> the what? Asphalt guru. They have an asphalt guru. I don't know if that's what it says on his card, but he but says... that's what he calls himself. I worked on the 202. Okay. And I learned... I had to Google a bunch of things. First off, are you the A-R-A-C-F-C? Yeah, exactly. The asphalt rubber asphaltic concrete friction course. Okay. That is the rubberized asphalt meant to reduce noise yeah. on freeways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where that is applied near homes and, and whatnot, that's where the problem is. So Kevin said that is where the problem is. It's the rubberized asphalt is peeling up. And he said... That the contractor took the risk and paved past what ADOT would normally do because of temperature requirements. Now, he says, we told them, you know, we're outside of, I'm going to use the term parameters, but they said, well, we think we can get it done. His argument is, because you guys, we basically have a warranty for 30 years for these 22 miles. If you want to do it and have to do it over again, that's on you. And he said, that's what they did, and now it's on them. Okay, there's so much about that, though, I find wrong. This project was done three years yeah. early. It's, okay, so it's, in fact, strengthening my argument 
that it was rushed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't done right. Mm-hmm. And why was that? You know, again, were they bonused out for for fixing or for doing it? Does that make up the difference years? in redoing it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they here, take a calculated risk. And here, Kevin, again, asphalt guru. By the way, Kevin, I really hope it says that on your card because that would be phenomenal. The AG. Um, that where this is happening is where you go from concrete bridges to asphalt pavement. Yeah, like a transition. And he says it's because the asphalt is a half inch higher than the concrete. So when cars are, quote, hitting it, the friction is pulling it up. And that's where these uh, uh, patches are coming from. He says they know that they did that. And basically, so I said, are basically the contractor rolled the dice and lost? He said, yep. And it will be fixed at their expense, not you, the taxpayer, because he heard me being very concerned as a taxpayer having to pay for this again. The uh, Thank the you, company, Kevin, Asphalt Guru. The company is called Connect 202 Partners. or that, that's They the, created their own company. Yeah, the developer, yeah. if you will. So LLC, yeah. And they're going to repair these spots in the spring when, when the temperatures are warmer so that they can make this paving possible. Now, up until then, though, right. you're going to have ADOT and the engineers that are going to have to take a look at these situations and monitor these areas to make sure that it's safe for us to be driving on them. Oh, okay. I, I haven't thought we got to the point yet where where it might be unsafe to drive on, but you're absolutely right. But But his point was that this rubberized asphalt, there are temperature parameters that you have to operate within when you're when you're paving which makes sense i guess on a certain level what i what i don't know about paving a freeway pamela will fill a very large room and that they were outside those parameters or on the edges of those parameters when they did it to your point maybe so they could get it done early and make their bonus and they're gonna have to go back and do it over i don't know what the timeline was on this project i I honestly don't the 22 mile south mountain freeway was the largest freeway construction project in in our state's history so i don't know when they were doing certain things but it did open up in late December. So when were was some of these things being done? When was this part of the asphalt being done? I would assume it wasn't being done in August. Yeah. You know, it would be towards yeah. the tail end of the year when the temperatures are cooler. And by not getting it done in, you know, August or September, heck, even in through October, sometimes we're kissing triple digits, which should have made it possible, you know, with the temperature requirement to get that down. Did they did they rush it because they didn't they missed a certain window and like, OK, we'll roll the dice because if we don't do this down, if we don't do this now, we're not going to be able to open this freeway until May. Well, and I guess we have to. On some level, we have to trust. I know, boy, this is this you is tough for me to trust. say. Yeah. And again, shout out to Asphalt Guru Kevin. We have to trust that ADOT, in its contract with this paving company, successfully negotiated on behalf of me, the taxpayer, so that whatever this company didn't benefit by doing quick and shoddy work. Right. So right? I've, I've got the, the press release that ADOT obviously had to send out yesterday after, uh, you know, news reports of this asphalt coming up. In fact, when we were talking about it yesterday, Bruce, I had truck drivers that were messaging oh. me on Facebook yeah. saying, uh, yeah, I'm driving through right, right now on my way to New Mexico and I'm seeing it, you know, in real wow. time. Uh, but the, the press release that I received from ADOT yesterday starts with this. 
with 30 years of maintenance, part of the public-private partnership behind the Loop 202 South Mountain Freeway. Taxpayers will face no additional cost to address spots next to some West Valley interchanges where the surface asphalt has deteriorated. We got a 30-year... This, agree- this agreement is a 30, yeah. 30 years maintenance we got that a company warranty. has to provide. We got a warranty on our... Uh, uh, so this is just like anything else. We bought a brand new freeway, 22 miles of it, from I-10 and Chandler all, all the way over to uh, I-10 at 59th and whatever have. And we got a 30-year warranty with it. And yeah, after two months, the darn thing broke down and they have to fix it. Good. Yeah, warranty or not, though, it's still it frustrating, frustrating when you yes. buy the new refrigerator, and it, you got it for two months, yeah. and then the ice machine craps out on you. You can't have that. I, I'm not, listen, you're not hearing an argument out of me. You're not hearing an argument out of me. You know what isn't cheap, though, Pamela? Unlike maybe some of our freeways? <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Disneyland. Oh, no, it is not. The price of Disneyland Ooh. is on the rise. And, hold on. Just got more expensive. Just in that little, that breath. That there? Right there. Yeah, yeah, that little breath oh, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Got and more expensive, more expensive again. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk about the outrage. Outrage, I tell you, of the increase in Disneyland. Bruce St. James and oh, Pamela Hughes. Uh, get stuck in my full head. disclosure, I have spent more time at Disneyland than any grown adult should, okay? That's so I want to get that out of the 10. way. Creep okay. Factor 10. Yeah. And when I lived in, in Southern California, I had the annual pass, and I would go... Did you have to mortgage your house for that? Three times a week. To Disneyland? Yeah, I'd go there just for dinner. You wouldn't want to deal with the parking three times with a week. annual pass, you had to park up front. So I had, I had, I, we go all the time. I had a group of friends. We'd just say, hey, what time? I'll meet you at Disneyland 7. Okay, cool. We'd go there at 7, and we'd hang out at Disneyland. We'd go ride rides. We'd just go to Disney. So I spent a lot of time at Disneyland. But the price... Of Disneyland is too damn high. Disneyland is once again raising the price on some single and multi-day tickets along with annual pass holders. Prices are increasing 3% for the top-tier daily tickets, 5% for park hopper tickets, and 5% for premier annual passes. One-day single park and mid-priced park hopper tickets remain the same. The change in prices come as Disneyland prepares for the grand opening of the Marvel-themed Avengers Campus this summer. So, yeah, they have a new... Attraction opening, if you will. They're expecting huge crowds. And if you, I think one of the fun things is, is if you go to any of these stories where it's posted and you read some of the comments, Pamela. Oh, my goodness. They are fantabulous, right? Uh, Yeah. Can you give me a few examples? Um, They raised them last year. Again? Again? Great place to go, though most people will soon won't be able to afford it. Okay, fair enough. Um, Let's see here. Uh, How am I supposed to experience it if we can't afford it? Hmm. You know what? I, I like that argument, though. Oh, that's a good okay. one. Okay. Uh, how am I supposed to experience uh, Fiji if I can't afford it? How, how am I supposed to experience living on a yacht in Monaco if I can't afford it? How, I think that's unfair. How am I supposed to experience space? <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. What's the thing? I'm curious as to why anybody thinks they are owed some cheaper or or affordable form of entertainment by Disney. Can I I got a news flash for you. Disney is a for-profit organization. Yes it is. Okay? And they make a lot of those profits. And as though. long as people line up to get in, the prices will keep going up. There is a basic supply and demand argument here. Now, based on the crowds that I experienced the last time I went, which was last year, I think they need to double the price so we can cut down on the congestion. 
There's too many people in the park still. I uh, I took Riley to Disneyland. Yes. In November, so it was, it was Riley, my ten year old. Is it her first and time? My sister, her first time to Disney. My first time to Disneyland. Oh wow! First first time experience. Okay. Yeah, exactly. How did you do it? Well, we went for a day. Just one day. So we we drove in one day, spent the night, like. Went to the park the entire day. When I say the entire day, we were there when the gates opened. Like 8 a.m. 8 a.m. And our last fast pass yeah, yeah. was for Space Mountain Got it. at 10.45 p.m. Wow. We were there literally That's a marathon. Day. So, well, yeah. Because, was was you know Riley what? even like conscious at the end of it? Oh, like, she, dragging I, her yeah, feet? Or? When we walked out of the gates, because yeah. we stayed right next sure. to it in the Stay hotel, the so we were just walking across the street. Um she had the energy level high, high, high sure. until we walked out of the gates, and then I could just see it fade. Whoa. But I did the math. Oh, there's math. I did the, we did the park hopper pass because you could go we, back from California Disney yep, to regular Disney. Yeah, because we were only there for one day. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be able to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and we were maximizing that day because. The tickets are expensive. Yeah. So I want to maximize my investment. You're not going to show up at 530 at night. We were there from park open pretty much until park closed. We're getting our money's worth. That's 15 hours. Okay. The the tickets were were close to, not quite, but close to $200 a piece for Park Hopper Pass in November on a high priority day. I already can't do that math. It averages out. Oh, please. I, I did it for you. Thank you. It averages out to about... $13.30 $13.30 an hour. Uh, for entertainment and fun and fun. If you're there from park open to park close. You're paying 13 bucks an hour for fun. That sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable to me, too. I don't think that's now, unreasonable. if you've got young kids oh my. and you want to take them when they're three to Disney, and oh, I think okay. that that's such an amazing memory. We took Riley to Disney World at that mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. We were running in a half marathon, so it was a different situation. You're, you're going to pay the price because they get cranky and you're fighting with them. And maybe, you know, five hours, five hours at the park that's is the me. max that they can do. I need to have a lie down in the afternoon. So what that's going to cost you per hour to go is Those high. Right. I think what you may see is fewer families going, younger families going, and they're not going to be going for as long because it is expensive. But the idea that you're owed Disneyland is what bothers me. And that when Disney raises prices, they're somehow doing it to inconvenience you. Again, I will point out the fact that one of the reasons Disney keeps raising prices... Because people keep going. Well, and... And they are concerned. I I only know a little bit about this because in a previous life, I rented Disneyland for a night. Wait, I'm sorry. What? We, the radio station, we rented Disneyland for an evening. You can do that? We rented it from 7 p.m. to midnight. I didn't even know that was possible. They closed the park. I'm like fascinated by this. They closed the park early. I'd be mad if I bought a ticket and you're closing it. It has a sign when you show up. It's up to you. I better know when I buy that ticket, not just when I show up. So uh, um, the park closes early. It was a weeknight and it was an off. Sure, sure. It wasn't a holiday weekend right. or something. And uh, then we got to take over the park. And only people in the park were ones we gave away. I think we gave away 5,000 tickets on the air. So it was that's not a ton of people in a not park. Not at all. When you're averaging 75,000, 80,000 people on a day, right? Okay. And so I know a little bit of how the park works. And they, and they explain to us kind of like how they, how they try to manage the flow. Sure. How um, they have a whole... Think of this like a, a computerized system of moving people around the park, uh, where the lines are, how where people are, tend to be congregating, how you move them from one part of the park to the other. But one of the things that I understood was that they said there is a law of diminishing return to, for them and that there is a number. And the numbers change as the park is expanded in California Disney and all this and other. But when they get to too many people. It ruins the experience yeah, for everyone. Does. If it's a four hour line for every to ride. get a snow cone, you know. 
or to get the the Rice Krispie Mickey Mouse ears with the chocolate oh, ears, which, by so the way, good. is my favorite food on the planet. You got to get the Dole Whip, though. Okay. Find me the Dole Whip. That it ruins it for everyone. And so they are they want to cut down on the number of people in the park. Well, how do you do it? Tell people you're not pretty enough to come in or raise the price. Raise the price. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, you know what? If you if you can't afford, which I think fewer people are going to be able to afford Disneyland, well, then just have some adventures right here in Arizona. Oh? Your Phoenix area Subaru retailers and KTAR News want to send you on an Arizona adventure. Text ADVENTURE to 411923 and you can be entered to win one of four Arizona adventures including a hiking tour of the Grand Canyon Subaru. Go where love takes you. The Senate race in Arizona is officially on. You will be voting for a senator. But third election in a row you're voting for a senator, if you think about it. That's a little odd to begin with. A ton of money coming into the state of Arizona. And Martha McSally, is she uh, telegraphing the kind of campaign she wants to run? We'll tell you about that. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I guess it's official, Pamela. Senator Martha McSally is running for... I guess it's not re-election. She's running for election. Mm-hmm. She, she was appointed to. I'm just trying to be accurate with it. She's running for her Senate seat that she currently occupies um, and formally launched her campaign with a, a video, about a three and a half minute video that um, in and of itself, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's a it's a pretty solid piece, right? Absolutely, it is. Uh, spent the morning, you know, watching the entire three and a half minutes, and it was, you know, talking about prescription care, talking about pre-existing conditions, yeah. talking about the opioid epidemic that we have in in this state, talking about survivors of sexual assault. I mean, some pretty heavy topics, and she had people from our community that shared their stories and how they identify with some of the the trials and tribulations and struggles. That that Senator McSally has gone through as well. I have no problem with the the piece. I thought it was very well done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just a departure from what she's done before. And again, you know, you figure out what works and stick with it. The way she ran her campaign in 2018 and the the tone, I guess you could say, of it uh, didn't work for her. More aggressive. She was beat by, you know, Senator Cinema. Yeah. So she she's made it a decidedly different change. So so let's give you examples. OK. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with then or do you want to start with now? Let's go with 2000 and. 18. Okay, so that this this is then. This was her first crack at the Senate. So almost two years ago exactly, and she is running against Kirsten Cinema. And this is what her campaign sounded like, the vibe, the the tone of it. Like our president, I'm tired of PC politicians and their BS excuses. I'm a fighter pilot and I talk like one. That's why I told Washington Republicans to grow a pair of ovaries and get the job done. Okay. Yeah. That's a good line. Well, you know, and and I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. It just has got that like kind of in your face that that it's, it's aggressive, so to speak. And I, I only use the term aggressive when you juxtaposition it against the message and the video we saw this morning. Take a listen to the difference. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the very things that almost crush us are the things that can help strengthen us and propel us. Losing my dad when I was 12 surviving sexual assault 
I was able to discover that I had strength that I didn't realize I had. I wasn't going to let myself or others be held back or held down again. That could have been a Kirsten Cinema ad. Well, you know, that could have been anybody's ad. I don't think Kirsten Cinema necessarily no, has but the market that, cornered on that tone. Two years ago, yeah. that's what that's what Kirsten Cinema was quote selling us, right? The American dream is a combination of working hard, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps every day, but also reaching out to help those who need a hand. That's certainly been the story of my life. So that was cinema hmm. then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's got the piano in the background, right? And uh, you have Martha McSally, who's got the strong drum beat. Two different vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the vibe for cinema was really that that piano and that kind of neutral campaign that she ran and she won on. It, it, it worked for her. Is uh, Senator McSally learning from that? Because now you got to take a look at what's the Democrat in this race or the presumptive Democrat in this race. What kind of campaign is yeah, he who's running? Who's she running against? We're, we're looking that uh, Mark Kelly is probably going to be the Democrat in this race. And, well, what does his campaign sound like? I care about people. I care about the state of Arizona. I care about this nation. So because of that, I've decided that I'm launching a campaign for the United States Senate. Very different than what we had heard from, you know, McSally 2018. Hmm. I absolutely refuse to bow down to Sharia law. After eight years of fighting, I won my battle for the religious freedom of American servicewomen. Now I'm deployed to D.C. to fight for Arizona, supporting our troops and saving the A-10, protecting Arizona jobs and securing the border. My friend, Martha McSally, she's the real deal. She's tough. She is tough. She's most definitely tough. And I think that I what we Sharia heard... law was an issue that Arizonans were concerned about. Well, she she fought about having to wear, you know, a certain garb over in the Middle East. And I think that that's what she's alluding to there. Um, but she she's obviously, at least in those videos, Here's is this what problem. continues? Or is, is, is she going to go more towards that aggressive attack ad later on in her campaign? Probably. Usually here's, here's the problem she's going to have. She talks about defending pre-existing conditions, right? Yeah. Trump is currently in federal court Mm -hmm. suing to end pre-existing condition coverage. You can you can like it or you can not like it. That's a fact. I haven't heard her come out and take a contrary position to that. So is she going to say I'm for pre-existing conditions and then look the other way when Trump is suing to end them? Is she going to stand up and say, I believe we need to protect these pre-existing conditions. Here's my plan. Or I oppose this lawsuit or whatever. Or I'm I'm backing legislation. Okay, then you're going to do what about it? Because right now your actions actually speak louder than your words. Yeah. And there's still a lot of race to be ran before November. But people are starting to make up their minds right now in this race. You know, we, we assume between Senator McSally and Mark Kelly, the, the last poll that we have out on this race and, and what it looks like, because Democrats truly believe that this is another seat that they're going to be able to yes. pick up yeah. in this election. So expect a lot of money, a lot of ads, Yippee! you know, to be yeah to be spent here in Arizona trying to get your attention to vote for whomever it is that's mm-hmm, investing mm-hmm. in those ads. So what we find it right now is, is in the latest poll, and this was eh, this is about six weeks ago. All right. So this is the, the the last one that we have. We have Mark Kelly leading Senator McSally, and it's about a, a, a four point lead. 
Yeah, well, there's been three polls done in the last couple of months. And again, it will ramp up as we get closer, obviously. But none of those polls had McSally out front. Fair? So there's about a four-point lead right now, but the margin of error is 3.6. Right. So you're seeing this is tight. Oh, no doubt. This is super duper tight. And and but they see again this seat in in Arizona that was held by Senator McCain in his death. Well, you know, uh, Senator McSally was appointed to the position. It's mm-hmm. been a long held Republican seat, but Democrats see it as a, a vulnerable target that they can flip, and is most definitely a toss up. Well, right we now. certainly know all the money that's going to be pouring in poured into uh, Arizona over this, and and really it because it, it, but what strategy works. This is well and here's my thing. And I don't know who's telling Martha McSally what to do, okay? But she needs to define what her brand is. What what is her brand? I think it's that aggressive. I do. But that's not what that that ad is. No, I agree. I agree. So somebody's telling her, don't do what you did two years ago. But do something different. what she did different. two years ago didn't work. So I'm she's got to do something different. Even the if it's qu- not who she is. It's politics, man. I, I, I guess that, that that's the thing. You know, can you sell yourself to be something else? Politicians try to do it all you the bu- time. It's hey, just you spend enough money on TV commercials, you can convince people damn near anything. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Have you subscribed to the Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes Show podcast? If not, why not? You can wherever you get them. This week, it is brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. So when it came to naming Riley, was this a big debate in your household? Oh, yeah. It took a lot of time. Did it? Sure. You buy the books on it, go online, uh, all that thing. Oh, you know it, man. Did you choose Baby Riley's name because you thought she would get attention on social media? Huh? Exactly. Why? Why? What kind of a world are we living in? We'll tell you what parents are doing coming up next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I think it's fair to say that 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 names kind of come and go. There's like a like almost like fashion names like bell bottom jeans come and go. Right. There's not a lot of people naming their kids Bruce these days, are there? What about Pamela? No, I don't think Pamela was ever really popular. Does Riley have like a Pamela in her class? She's a Bruce. No. I only found this out yesterday. Shout out to the young Bruce out right, there. Because Somebody I, I, has to carry on the name. Well, he's a bit of a troublemaker from what I understand. It runs in the family. Yeah, didn't surprise me a bit. I just found that Shout out Shout out to Bruce and Pamela and Baby Riley's class. No relation, but <laughs> sounds like an awesome kid to begin with. But but if you think about it, like look around right now at your friends or your, people in your age group and think of the names. It's not what they're naming kids these days. No, I mean, it ebbs and flows. The po- the most popular name of today wasn't right. necessarily popular 10 years ago. But why is that? Well, there's not a lot of Ethels, you know, that are getting... Madge. Right. What happened to Madge? That are being born today. Gertrude. Because, Where are the Gertrudes? But then you have some Gert- things that, you know, are kind of coming back around, yeah. like Harper or Harlow. Th- those are like old school names that are okay, kind of becoming okay. in vogue again. Right. But this I found... Strange. Let's go with disturbing. Or disturbing. Parents, you know, are picking the name of their babies, which mm-hmm. is is a big responsibility. I remember going through that and getting the baby name yeah. book and going online. I'm dead serious. How did you come up with Riley? What, did you Rochambeau for it? Was it your call? Did, did It was did a name Chris that have, I really liked. You really liked. So I you really won. Liked. Well, it's not about what did Chris win? Uh, he, he, that, yeah, that, that I said yes, that's how he wins. Or that he says yes, that's how he wins. Uh, it was either, we, did, we didn't know if we were going to have a boy or a girl. If it was a Fair girl, enough. we were going to go. Uh, it was between Riley and Chloe. I liked 
both of those names. Okay. He wasn't a big fan uh, of of Chloe because I think it conjured up like uh, the Kardashians for him. Oh, which he's not right. a huge no. fan, obviously. I like so what you did Riley. though. You gave him two of them, yeah. knowing he wouldn't like one, so he thought it was a win <laughs> when he picked Riley. Smart. And I also wanted a Smart. name that I thought was you know was a cute baby name, but also could grow with her into as an adult. Got it. What we find now though that is that many parents mm-hmm. are giving these kids crazy names. Now we know and heard of celebrities doing this forever. Remember Apple? Apple. Yeah, I think that that kind of started the trend with, with Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Scout. Who had Scout? Which, I don't know who that. Somebody one had was. a kid named Scout. I don't know. Why I think that was Demi I remember Moore. That. I mean, yes, rumor. Demi Moore. Yeah, is that who that was? Yeah. And then you have like you know Blue Ivy and Alicia Silverstone apparently named her kid Blue Bear Blue. These are celebrities. They're kind of in a whole different echelon of their own. So not that I'm giving them grace. It's just kind of like they live in their own world. What's happening to the rest of you that are giving them these crazy baby names to stand out on? Social media. Can I give you a few examples? That we this is this is why you're naming your kid crazy things because, because you, you want don't them want to them have to a get unique lost in the mix of everybody else profile. in social media. Come on, man. Jaspin. I've heard of Jasper. Jaspin. J A S P I N. You know what? That would work, though, with no last name. Just like Cher Jasmine. or Prince. Jaspin. Jaspin. Could have jazz hands yeah, and with Jaspin? jazz hands with yeah. Jaspin. Okay, what else we got here? Renlo. Spelled with a W. Don't even ask me where the W goes in there. No, I'm kidding. Starts with a W. Renlo. W-R-E-N-L-O-W. Renlo. I don't it like that like as a name. something from, um, oh gosh. Renlo. Oh, geez. Game of Thrones? That, no, 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 no. What was... Oh, I've lost it. Anyway, go ahead. The Hunger, the, the Hunger Games. Hunger Games. That's like... Okay, okay. Yeah, futuristic. Mavery. M-A-E-V-E-R-Y. Here's the problem. If everybody's going to try to, quote unquote, come up with these crazy, unique uh, names that nobody else has, so you stand out on the social media, and there's a list of them, you're going to have a bunch of people picking the same crazy baby names. You know what? Can you help a sister out here? I stink (laughs) at pronouncing people's names. You know, I butcher them six ways from Sunday. I just say it like I mean it. Yeah. And, Say it confidently yeah, and people think you know what you're talking about. But you know what? I butcher it. Even poor super producer Steve Easy will even give me like the phonetic spelling of like Doesn't a guest's work. name. Doesn't work. And I still butcher it and he's in my ear correcting me. Okay. And this is with people that have like normal names. Okay. All right. Where yet? You start giving me, oh gosh, number eight on the boy's name, Albion. Is that what it is? A-L-B-I-O-N. Albion. Al- Albion. Albion. I'm, I, you know what? You're just you're just not going to get. It's a it's a town in oh, England. Wait. I know that. How, how about number ten on the girl's name? Uh, Elizabeth. Elis- That's not what I would have said. E l i s o b e l l e. Elizabeth. It's half Elizabeth, it. half so, Bell. Elizabeth. Here's the thing. You as the parent can't get mad at me when I butcher your kid's name because no. you gave him a stupid name to stand out on social media. So was, and your kid can't get mad at me because your parents gave you a name to stand out yeah. on social media. If it's your grandma's name, that's one thing. So qu- was social my mom ahead of the curve back in 19-whatever when she was named Annalisa? Is that coming back? I don't know, but it's oh. unique, isn't it? I don't meet a lot of Annalisas. Like my cousin's name A-N-N-E-L-I-E-S-E, is... A-N-N-E-L-I-E-S-E. Is Arison. Arison. Well, it's because that sounds not, right. That sounds it, regal. It is a uh, a maiden name of my great grandmother. I like it. So it's kind of like a family name. It's it's un- I'll respect that. You want to stand out with a Toven? Toven. No.